Hello everybody and welcome to the Ocean Riders podcast. My name's Imi Barno and I am your host. Today's conversation is taking us to Hawaii on the island of Maui where my guest was up before the chickens to talk to me. Her name is Jen Beastman. Jen's story is truly uplifting. At the age of 27, Jen suffered a severe back injury that left her immobilised and in pain with no real prospect of recovery. In the turmoil of having to face this life-shattering news, Jen decided that she'd hobble to the airport and take a plane off to Maui to figure things out. I'll let Jen do the storytelling in this episode. Jen shares her remarkable story of recovery and how she hacked her way into a balanced and enlightened lifestyle between Maui and Half Moon Bay, California. Of course, surfing and the ocean have had an enormous part to play, and you'll find out all about it in the episode, but her recovery also spurred her to review her priorities in life. Jen's story is truly inspiring on many aspects. First the recovery, then the resetting of life priorities, the strategies to hack surfing progression, and finally, the creation of an awesome brand that carries Jen's values. In this episode, you'll hear Jen's story, who she was mentored by, how she hacked surfing progression to become an accomplished downwind stand-up paddle racer, surfer and hydrofoil addict against all odds. You'll find out what it takes to drop out of the corporate world to become an entrepreneur and what strategies Jen and her fiancé have put in place to work as a couple. Also in this conversation, you may be tempted to escape to Maui and try hydrofoiling. So without further ado, please welcome Jen Beeson, co-founder of Localish. Jen and welcome to the Ocean Riders podcast. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You're welcome. Um, maybe for the listeners, you could introduce yourself uh, briefly. Yeah, certainly. So uh, my name is Jen Beesman, and uh, I right now I live in. Uh, I basically split my time between Hawaii and Half Moon Bay, California, which is just a, a few minutes south of, of San Francisco. So we've got like in my two backyards, we've got you know Peahi, you know Jaws, big wave, and then we're just a, in Half Moon Bay, a, a stone's throw from Mavericks, and uh, definitely won't be surfing those anytime soon in this lifetime. Perhaps <laughs> in my next lifetime, but. Um, but yeah, it just I all of a sudden kind of realized like, oh, hey, we've got some good waves here in, in my backyards. And uh, yeah, so I kind of go back and forth um, between uh, California and Hawaii. And um, essentially, uh, I call myself an insurance industry dropout um, <laughs> because uh, basically I've kind of traded in that corporate lifestyle um, somewhat recently and uh, started started our business, um, Localish Apparel. And um yeah, we're, we, it's really something that's inspired by, you know, surf travel adventures and the people and the communities that we meet that really just make us feel like we belong, that we're, you know, at, at home kind of wherever, wherever, you know, we go. So, um, so yeah, it's been really, really fun making that transition. And uh, there's always a lot of trials and tribulations, but um, it's <laughs> been a really fun, really fun time. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, so did you always have an, a, such an adventurous lifestyle? So I guess, uh, did I always have an adventurous lifestyle? Uh, if you call like, you know, maybe three days a week of happy hour and, and, uh, and shopping every weekend adventurous, then yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, like, you know, when I was, when I was a kid growing up, um, you know, I was into sports, um, you know, I, I, I loved snowboarding. I also was involved in like team sports, like basketball and softball and, you know, things like that. Um, I was never like really excellent, excellent at them, but you know, I like to dabble in, in just about anything. So I was a fairly active as a kid. And then, you know, after you graduate high school and then you, you know, you go into college and then you go into the corporate world and then you have your, you know, expense accounts and, you know, you're going out and eating a bunch of like expensive dinners and a lot of that stuff just kind of like, you know, the activities and the adventure, you know, goes out the wayside and you, you really forget how to be a kid and, and how to have fun. Yes. Right. And so. I remember just right out of college, I was just like, okay, I'm going to go straight to work and I want to go and check all the boxes and I'll get married and have a good job and, and buy the house and the car and all the things that we're supposed to do to make us happy, right? Yeah. That, you know, somehow gets ingrained 
in our in our heads and in our society. And um, then you realize at some point, hopefully you can realize if, if you do go down that path, that there's a lot more to to life than just checking those boxes. And just by checking off those boxes does not necessarily equal happiness at all. So um, I was definitely fortunate to to learn that, um, you know, at a, at a somewhat early, early-ish age. So, so, um, so when did you have this epiphany? So it's a funny story, actually. So this epiphany happened. Uh, I was I was doing laundry. I was probably about 26, 27. Yeah, I think 27. I was doing laundry and I dropped a sock. It fell out of the dryer and I bent down to pick up the sock. And all of a sudden I couldn't I couldn't move. And I was like, I was like, oh, my God, like what? what just happened. So like my back just went out, like nothing, nothing moved. I found out it was actually uh, three herniated discs in my lower lumbar, lower lumbar spine. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really, really painful. And so I went to, uh, I went to a, a, a doctor who, who specialized in, in lower back pain and, you know, she had put me through, you know, x-rays and MRIs and everything. And she basically showed me these, these, herinated discs and, you know, basically kind of like almost doomed me for life in a sense. And she, she was, it was really negative. And, you know, she said, you know, look, you know, you, you can't be, you know, I would go to the gym every now and then mm-hmm. very sporadically. Right. And, you know, so that was like my only, like, I guess, sense of adventure, if you will, on the treadmill, like, Jesus, that's sad, huh? Um, and essentially she said like, look, you, you really need to take care of your back. Like, and, and this was like indefinitely, she said, you know, there's going to be, you know, you can't go ride a bike. You can't go lift weights. You can't do anything. And you basically like for the rest of your life, you know, just got to take it really easy. You have, you have a lot of back issues and uh, you're not going to be really be able to do anything other than like hike or, you know, maybe do a light swim or something like that. And I'm like, it, I kind of laughed at us for a second and then I left her office and I was just, I was in tears. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really depressing, really depressing. Imagine somebody yeah. saying like, yeah, you're not going to be able to do anything forever. And it was just like, wow, this it's just really amazing how some words can really just affect your entire mind and, and body and kind of set you up for, um, a lot of misery. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it was like, so basically, you know, she put me through this whole physical therapy program and, you know, I had to get, uh, also those, uh, one of those epidural like steroid shots, you know, in your back to try to like, you know, minimize the inflammation and everything like that. And, um, it helped maybe 5%, but it just, it did not help at all. And so I was going through physical therapy. I really wasn't improving very much. So like I was basically, you know, really, I couldn't do anything. It, like it hurt to sleep. So it hurt to lay down. It hurt to stand. It hurt to sit. I couldn't drive. And so it was just like, I was working and like just taking calls from, you know, basically from my, my iPhone. Right. And, uh, just trying to do the best I could. And, you know, six weeks later, I was just like, God, this is really awful. Like what I need to just to get out of town. I need to get out of here. And so I got myself to a place where I was like, finally good enough to just like wheel a suitcase like you just like wheeling like a little carry-on suitcase was hard on my back so but I got I got to a place where I could just do that and I'm like all right you know it's a five-hour flight to Hawaii from from San Francisco like let's just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go and called my company said hey I need to take some time out and so I I booked like a two-week trip just to relax and just like clear my mind because I was not in a good mind space I'm not surprised and um yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, I need to find a good physio, uh, in Maui. And so I, I did, and he used this really interesting, simple method called the McKenzie method, um, mm-hmm. which is usually per, can be per, uh, fairly effective for, for back injuries. And, um, he, you know, I told him everything that, you know, my doctor had said and everything like that. And he just goes, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, what do you, what do you mean? You saw, you saw the MRIs. I sent, sent it to you. He's like, that's bullshit. I said, well, well, how do you, how do you think? He's like, it's all in your mind. And I'm going to show you some techniques where you can heal yourself and you're going to be great. Give me a few weeks and, and you're, you're going to really be on your way to, to healing. 
And so I would see him a couple times a week. And, you know, I originally I was just going to be in Maui for two weeks and I started to make a lot of progress with my back and where I was able to walk a mile. I mean, that was, that was, uh, even that was like a great success. It sounds silly, but it, it was an amazing success. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is really amazing. So, um, I ended up, you know, extending the trip for another couple of weeks to continue because I was on such an amazing path. And, uh, I remember with my last physio session with him, um, he said, all right, well, you're doing a lot better. I was probably 50% better, which I was stoked about that even. Wow. And I, I never thought I would be a hundred percent ever. And so he said, you know, what do you want to do now? I'm like, what do I, I, what do you mean? What do, he's like, what do you want to do? He's like, you've been on Maui. Like, what have you seen? Like, are there any sports you want to try? And I'm like, huh. I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's funny because when I was on the beach the other day, just reading a book, I, I noticed there was these like, uh, people on stand up paddle boards and, you know, they were paddling around, they were catching some waves and like, they just looked like they were having the time of, of their life. I'm like, but I can't do that. Cause like that twisting motion and everything, that's just not gonna, it's just not going to work. And he's just like, that is BS, Jen. What did I tell you? Like now, you know, the tools. So if you're, if you're in pain, you know, the exercises to do to make you better. He's like, I reckon in like a month, you'll be able to, you'll be able to do, do something like that. Wow. He's like, but just take it easy, get, you know, get some, get some instruction, get some coaching. If that's something you want to do. I'm like, okay. So I went back home to, to San Francisco and, um, I was like, all right, you know what? Let's shoot. We got the Bay Area. It's, it was, there's water everywhere. Like, all right. So I took I took a stand up paddleboard class, and it was just like a super beginner thing. And uh, I just love that sensation of just kind of like gliding through the water. You're standing on it. It's it's really it's really amazing. And I just really took to it naturally. And um, kind of like anything I do, it's like I'm like an all or nothing person. <laughs> so I just will jump in and just get obsessed with it. So <laughs> then uh, my back started to feel a lot better. So I was like at maybe 80%. And I went back to Maui and I was just like, okay, like I'm going to go take some lessons and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and I had also seen this YouTube video of uh, downwind stand-up paddling. I'm like, it, it just, it looked amazing. And so like, you know, look, you look at the the people who do, um, the Molokai to Oahu, uh, race, you know, the channel crossing and, Mm -hmm. you know, essentially you're on these super long, like 16 foot paddle boards with rudders and everything. And it's just you and a paddle and a board riding the ocean swells. So you're, you know, you're surfing and you're connecting those, those ocean swells as you're, as you're riding down, down the coast or across the channel. And I was like, man, that looks amazing. I'll never be able to do anything like that though. But, um, I took a lesson and, um, uh, and she goes, the, the instructor, she was like, well, look, you know, that's great. You want to do downwinding. We're going to do it, but you need to learn how to surf first. And I was just like, I don't want to surf. Like I just want to downwind. Right. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to surf. And it's just like, I, I look back at that old me now and I just laugh because it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> that's, that's all I want to do now is just, it's just surf. So anyway, begrudgingly I go and, uh, you know, the reef is shallow. It was tiny. It was like knee high maybe. And I was just like terrified. Right. <laughs> so terrified. And, uh, I remember catching my first wave and I was just like, I was terrified. Absolutely. It was, <laughs> I was so scared. And, but then like really stoked all at once. And I'm like, Oh, that was scary. But like, Hey, let's do that again. You know? <laughs> and so anyway, that's, I, I kind of started to get that, but I was like, okay, I really want to downwind now. So, uh, I started getting really, really into downwind racing and got all the equipment and the coaching and, um, and all of that kind of stuff. And then a year later I was, uh, doing some races and and things like that. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, from there I I really just caught the surfing bug, Mm um, and, you know, started, you know, longboarding a bit more and, uh, made the transition into shortboarding as well. So, So yeah, that was kind of, I guess the, the long story of like the, the, I call it the sock that broke the camel's back. <laughs> and, um, so essentially like during that time I was able to figure out a way cause you know, I, I was in, in the corporate insurance world, my role was, was sales. So I was traveling a lot anyway. And so, you know, I was a remote employee, so it was easy to make that, make that work. Um, but really on that beach in Maui, when I was watching those, those stand-up paddleboarders, you know, surf those waves and just play around and have the time of their life. I was like, wow, I, I really need to rethink my priorities. And 
when I was in Hawaii, like initially, you know, healing, um, you know, you're, you're pretty much just bound to your, your lounge chair and your book and mm-hmm. you're alone with your thoughts. And, uh, I was quite, I was quite depressed. It was really depressing. Cause I was like, okay, I've got, I've got the marriage, I've got the house, I've got the cars and I've checked these boxes and, um, there's something that's like drastically unhappy in my life. Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't have that sense of adventure yeah. and, um, being able to find that and just really having that event stop you right in your tracks. It was, I was so grateful for that. I didn't know that at the time, but, yeah. um, I'm, that's probably like one of the most grateful things that's happened in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so on the road to, to, to recovery, who actually helped you sort of, so you had this physio in, in Hawaii. Did you have the help of other professionals to, to actually overcome the, the injury and to, to get better and, and to improve in surfing? I mean, were you mentored by, um, by several people in the way? Yeah, absolutely. I was. Um, so along the way I met, uh, I met Dave Kalama, who's, you know, a, a huge, very well-respected waterman in, in so many different types of ocean sport disciplines. And I've got some coaching from him and, uh, yeah, like it's, and it's not just, you know, coaching yourself physically, it's coaching yourself, you know, mentally yeah. as well. Right. And just learning how to, uh, to manage, manage fear. Um, also, uh, you know, working with folks in the Bay area too, like my, my other coach, uh, Jen Fuller is really amazing. Um, you know, she was a, a former professional windsurfer and, um, and it really is excels in, in endurance related sports. So she, you know, helping you out with nutrition and fueling and things like that was is super, super important. But, but yeah, it's the, you can never have enough people to help you and yeah. enough people in your corner. So you've got to find, it's like, you know, you got to hang on to everything you can. So it's like, you got to find, you have to have like a really good chiropractor and a really great, like muscle worker and, and, you know, things like that. And you just collect them over the years. And, uh, you know, like if you have like a problem with your body, it's like, you know, exactly who to go to. And, yeah. uh, I'm really, really, really grateful for that, that kind of stuff. So That's yeah, amazing. absolutely. And you said that, um, you found the people to help you sort of hack the surfing progression. Um, any tips for an average surfer like me? Totally. Uh, (laughs) Surfing is the hardest sport ever. It is the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to learn. Uh, Sometimes I think I'm crazy because I like devote pretty much all of my life to trying to get better to surf. Yet I will never be considered like a a great surfer ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for some reason, we're still so drawn to it, you know, as just total, total amateurs. It's (laughs) it's so amazing. Um, But how to, I guess, hack surfing. I think um, first and foremost is uh, mobility. You know, if you can't move, if you, if your body can't move the way it needs to move, just get, don't even get in the water. Like really, I mean, you need to just be mobile shoulders, hips, all that kind of stuff. Um, there's a really, really, really helpful guy. Um, his name's Chris Mills. I'm not sure if you follow him, but, um, he goes by the name on Instagram of surf strength coach. Um, he's also on Facebook as well, but he puts together like these amazing, um, mobility programs for people to address certain injuries for, for surfers. And so, um, he's been really, really helpful. So just starting out, just like knowing how to move is really amazing. Um, you know, learning how to paddle correctly. Um, I was listening to, uh, to another podcast and, uh, it was, uh, introduced to, uh, Rob Case, um, of, uh, surfing paddling Academy. And I was listening to his podcast and he was teaching people like essentially like how everybody paddles wrong in surfing and why so many injuries occur. And so I'm like, Oh man, that would be really cool to train with this guy. Just so happens that he's an hour away from me in, in, in Northern California. So I was like, okay, so I was able to get in the pool with him and get a couple kind of like sessions of how to really, you know, paddle correctly because 90, 95% of surfing is paddling. Right. So you better, better get good at that. And it takes a while to be, be efficient. Um, so those are like, you know, mobility and, and then paddling. And then of course, um, just surf coaching. So mm-hmm. you can totally just go at it on your own and, you know, flail in the waves a ton. Um, or you can get like proper, proper coaching. And so what I did is, um, this was about a year ago or so I signed up for, uh, this all women's coaching trip. 
to the Mentawais in Indonesia. And it was, yeah, it was like basically kind of like, you know, beginning to intermediate, like you want to get more sort of confident and competent on a shortboard. And I was just like, well, if I book this trip, it's going to force me to learn. So <laughs> like just rip the bandaid off and like, let's just, let's just jump in the deep end. Right. And, uh, and so I started kind of training for, for the trip and everything. And actually Chris Mills put it on along with, uh, a, a coach, uh, he's from South Africa. His name's Clayton Nienaber and he lives uh, on the gold coast now. And, mm -hmm. um, they, they put together this really epic trip. It was 10 women and we were all on a, on a boat. It sounds like a, it sounds like a reality show waiting to happen <laughs> in a way. And, uh, really like they just give you tips of like make it, I don't want to say making surfing easy. Cause Clayton says like, Oh, surfing's easy. And it's like, Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> speak for yourself. But uh, yeah, just being able to like get that coaching and knowing what proper good surfing technique looks like. Oh, so fantastic. looking at, looking at videos of like Nick Fanning and what, what's he doing with his arms and, and his knees and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, that's been insanely helpful. It's, it's always so frustrating though, continuing this, the, you know, the surfing progression. Um, but there's certainly like those ways to, to, I guess, hack the progression. I also say free diving helps a lot. Yes. Um, learning how to hold your breath holding and just like managing fear. So, those things are, are so invaluable and just like learning how to relax. Yeah. There's certain ways you can definitely kind of hack surfing in, in that sense. Yeah. Oh, that's so useful. That's really, really. And I guess I encourage listeners to, um, to actually sort of look for these coaches because they are all around the world. So, uh... Absolutely. And it's, you know, for, for the cost of a trip, like, you know, you, you can improve in just two weeks, you know, you can improve, God, five years wow. um, of what it would take to do on your own. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, yeah, that sounds good to me. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, so after your, your, um, your epiphany or the sock that broke the camel's back, um, did you, did you think about, um, creating, did you have the, the, the idea of creating localish or did that come afterwards? Yeah. So that, that kind of came, came after afterwards. And, uh, but it was also inspired by kind of, you know, my, you know, my journey a bit. And so, you know, when, when I started spending a lot of time, you know, here on Maui, um, just, I was really able to build the, this just amazing community of just really awesome people who, you know, even though I was not from there, like they made me feel like I, I really belonged there and, you know, like I was part of their family and, you know, I, like, like I was kind of like a local in a sense, you know, um, you're, you're living there like a local, you're not at the resorts and drinking $20 Mai Tais or anything like that. No, you're like, you're eating where they eat and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and you're, you're, you know, you're being very, very respectful to the people and, and the land and all of that. And so, um, you know, other places that my partner and I have traveled to, um, you know, we've like, We've done like Fiji and, um, uh, you know, Central America, like El Salvador, Costa Rica, um, Mexico, kind of all, all over, uh, in a sense. And, uh, we've really found that like these communities have just really, you know, welcomed us with open arms. And, you know, as long as you're like, you're very respectful, like you, before you go on your trip, you know, especially internationally, you know, it's like, learn, learn a little bit about the culture, learn a few common phrases. Yeah. Um, you know, just clean it, clean up your rubbish and, and just like, you know, bring, bring them, you know, bring them any clothes or bring them leashes or boards or anything like that. Um, and, you know, just being able to go on those adventures where you're, you're really respecting the, the communities and, and the people and the land mm. um, can really get that sense of, of belonging. It's, it's true. It's, it's so true. I, I remember we went on a holiday to, to Costa Rica as well with the kids and um, as a family and we stayed about three weeks or maybe a month and it was great because well I, I spoke a little bit of Spanish and it got better as the weeks went went along and um, and at the end of the three weeks we enrolled the kids into a surfing competition and 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 the people were saying oh well where do you live, where do you live? and you really did we really did feel welcomed by the community there it was right. amazing. Um, so no, I, I definitely understand where where that philosophy is coming from. And so maybe before we 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 
go into to um, more about the brand philosophy, um, maybe you could describe what Localish is. Yeah, so so Localish is that that sense of belonging to a place or community, regardless of where you're from. So, for example, um, you have a lot of people around the world that you know they live in one place, say they grew up in New York, and now they live in California, and they they get asked like. Oh, hey, are you, are you a local? And you're just like, what, what does that even mean? Like, you know, like, well, I live here and I'm not from here. So I'm lo- I'm local ish, <laughs> you know? And so like in our global world now, it's such a small world. Like there, there's not a lot of people nowadays who are just staying in one place for their entire lives. And, um, so this idea also kind of reaches, you know, you know, immigration ideas and other kind of philosophies like that. So it's much more broader than, than just, than just a a surf brand. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, localish is all about, you know, adventure, respecting your land, the people, everyone you're around, and then you get that sense of community and belonging. So essentially we're, we're, we aim to really uh, foster that sense of community and, you know, a place for people to, to belong essentially. That's fantastic. And that goes so well with, with, um, Although it's, it, it is a general, um, uh, I mean, it's a general philosophy, but it goes so well with surfing because when you are a surfer, you are part of a kind of tribe or a community anyway, and it's worldwide. So that makes it even sort of even, even more exciting. And so, right. so um, what, what do you make in the company? What do you sell? Yeah, so we're a lifestyle apparel brand. So we make uh, clothing for men and women. Um, so we do, you know, like hats, t-shirts, tanks, activewear, um, women's leggings, especially. That's kind of really more of our, our bestseller. Um, ever since college, I've always had a really um, deep interest in fashion. And when I started to surf and be more in the water, um, I couldn't really find a good surf legging that would, cause you know, skin cancer runs in my family. My, my partner, Greg also, like when he was 30, he had to get a big chunk of uh, his forehead removed because of skin cancer. So, um, and I've never been a fan of like, you know, having my ass hang out in a skimpy bikini. I'm just not comfortable. Like there's so much else going on in surfing. Like the last thing I need to worry about is like having my butt hanging out. Right. Yeah. 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 This wardrobe malfunctions are, are not fun. So, um, so yeah, like I was, I couldn't find like a good like I wanted like a, like a surf legging or like a Capri or something like that. And I just, I couldn't find a good one. I tried a bunch, like they either didn't stay on or I didn't like the fabric and, or they were like just for surfing and they just, you couldn't wear them doing yoga and all, you know, or anything like that. And so, um, I'm like, you know, let's find like a, let's, let's maybe like, this could be kind of like a really good Avenue because, um, it would be amazing to create something that is not just for surfing, that's great for surfing and paddling and all that kind of stuff, but also you can be, you know, use it for CrossFit or the gym, running yoga, like anything. So it's kind of like a, a, you know, a one garment fits all kind of, kind of thing. So uh, we also do like really, really cool, fun, bright, vibrant designs as well that are just really unique patterns that um, you really won't find anywhere else. So uh, that's, that's really something that we're very, very proud of. And uh, those have really been our best sellers. That's fascinating. That's really, really, really cool. So, um, um, do you do the designs of the of the leggings and the um the, the fabric, the patterns on the fabric and things like that, or do you have designers working with you? Yeah. So, um, so my partner Greg, he's actually he's the he's the designer. He's an advertising um, and, a, and an art director by trade. Cool. And so he knows how to use. Uh, you know, he's very good on Illustrator and Photoshop and all that kind of stuff. So we we collaborate on it. I'm like, okay, like this would be cool. Like, how about like I have like kind of it in like the idea in my head, and then we collaborate together, and he's able to really help help with the execution. So yeah, yeah. it's just the two of us. It's it's Greg and I uh, at Localish. So yeah. So, um, so how long has, has the company, has the company been your sort of full-time job? Yeah. So it's been my full-time job basically since, uh, January of this year. So about almost, almost, almost a year. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. And so Thank how, you. How, how are you enjoying it being your own boss? It's amazing. It's amazing. But, uh, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's very hard too. I think the, uh, the entrepreneur, entrepreneur lifestyle looks really attractive and sexy and like super fun, but like, there's a lot 
there's a lot like you're not just an entrepreneur. You're, you know, you're the CFO, you're the CEO, you're the social media manager, you're the accountant, you're the, the every, you're everything. And it's just like, sometimes it's just like drinking out of a fire hose. You're just like, Oh my God, what did I get myself into? But it's been really fun. Um, I kind of call it in a sense, like your, your first several months or even like, you know, several years too can, it's like your real world MBA. And, um, it's, you know, so instead of like just paying a, a boatload of money and going to a, you know, a university MBA program, it's like, well, let's just, how could I just invest the money in doing it this way and kind of, you know, the school of hard knocks, oh, if you will. Exactly. So, and you learn yeah. so much on the way. It's amazing the learning curve when you, when you yes. start up uh, as an entrepreneur and there's so many fun things to do. And then, and so, um, so what, what were the challenges that you had to face, um, starting this business and running the business as a couple, because that's quite interesting as well. Um, <laughs> I worked for 16 years with my husband and I, I still enjoy sort of collaborating with him from time to time, but, um, uh, what, what were the challenge, what are the challenges you face? I guess, on a day-to-day basis? Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. So <laughs> kind of a funny story. Um, so what we've done actually is we've like made these like rules of like where and when we can talk about localish. So it's like it. That is so intelligent. That is really, really important. Well done. <laughs> yeah. So like rule, like the, the most important rule is like no, no localishing in the bedroom. Okay. So like totally, totally can't do that. So it'll be funny because I'll be trying to fall asleep and I'll be like, Oh, hun, I've got this idea. What do you think? And I'll just start spouting it off. And he's like, he'll just look at me in silence and he'll be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm like, Oh, that's right. So that's really important. Um, I think it's a, it's a really interesting question though, that you ask, I'll have to pick your brain a bunch, uh, <laughs> offline, but no, I think it, it definitely, um, it makes me be more patient. Um, but we also complement each other really well like that. Yeah, so, that so far, so good. <laughs> That's great. You were saying that your road to recovery was also based on nutrition and you had some nutrition coaches. Um, what's, what lifestyle changes did you make to, to sort of set yourself on the road to recovery? Because the Hippocrates sort of, you are what you eat. Is that, did you yeah. sort of actually sort of feel that as well um, on your way to recovery? Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, so one of the things that I did, um, when I had got back from that first Maui trip is, um, I sought out the, the help of a nutritionist. And so, uh, basically she was like, okay, do you, are you taking certain supplements? You know, what is, what is basically like your week look like food wise? And, um, it wasn't like terrible. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a vegetarian, so I'm not eating like cheeseburgers and stuff like that all the time. And I've, I've been that way for about 12, 13 years or so. Um, but just because you're a vegetarian does not mean you're eating healthy all the time. Right. Yes. There's so much vegetarian (laughs) junk food hanging around. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, so what we did is we looked at inflammatory foods, what's inflammatory. So, um, you know, something like, you know, things like gluten. So bread, which I love bread, who doesn't, um, so cut you know, cutting things out like that. So, um, getting rid of bread, um, some dairy, cause that can be inflammatory. And then I learned about, um, the whole nightshades group of, oh, of, uh, vegetables. So, eggplant. Yeah. And like that. Eggplant. Yeah. And I remember I'm like, Oh gosh, like I would eat eggplant. My mouth would kind of inflame. I'm like, okay, that, that totally makes sense. So yeah, things like, uh, like eggplant and peppers and stuff like that. Um, those are really inflammatory as well. Then I didn't realize that they were. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. So when you can cut out the inflammation, you know, the, the healing process in your body, uh, you know, really starts to talk, starts to accelerate. And just by making a few of those changes, I don't always stick to them now all the time. Um, but you know, I got to a place where it was like, okay, yes, this, this definitely makes a really, really big difference. And really now it's just like eating clean, eating smart, um, big fan of as much, you know, leafy greens, like the kale smoothies and the, spinach smoothies, all that kind of stuff. Like the green, green drinks are amazing. That's usually how I start my mornings. Um, lots of avocado and everything. Um, but yeah, it's not really, it's not about being on a diet it's, or anything like that. It's, it's just about like change. Yeah, it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle and you, you feel so much better and, uh, you'll learn to learn to cook for yourself and all that kind of 
kind of great stuff that a lot of it's a it's kind of a lost art of it nowadays huh thank you for the advice because um i think it will sort of um resonate in in a lot of people's minds just to sort of think about what we put in our bodies um and to think that we've only got one body um and we've got it till the end of our lives so we we better sort of make it preserve it as much as possible if we can to the surfing chapter just what did you feel when you caught your first wave I, I, my face, like, I just had this, like, you know, like this, my face just lit up and like, kind of like you see like that O face in a, in a barrel. Like if some guy's coming out of a barrel, they're just like, Oh, you know, <laughs> it was probably like that. And it was just probably a hilarious picture if, if there was a photographer on the beach, because I was on this like tiny little, you know, knee high wave, like just stoked beyond all imagination. And so, uh, I think it also, it can get especially after like, not necessarily my first wave, but, um, a really good wave that you catch, it's almost really emotional. Um, because you're like, Oh my God, like I was able to get my body to this point where like I rode that wave or like I did this like amazing top turn and you just paddle back and you're like, you're almost in tears. It can be, it can be very emotional. So yeah. 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 And especially coming from, you know, the, the, the health when, when somebody sort of told you that you were doomed and that you couldn't sort of do anything apart from walking and that was about it and to actually yeah. get to that level of fitness is, is just absolutely amazing and really um in real admiration of that um yeah. what's what's your favorite board to ride at the moment oh I've got I've got problems Amy I got I got major <laughs> problems like I always are I I'm I'm just, I have like ADD when it comes to uh, surfboards. I'm always like, oh, look at this one. Oh, look at that one. And so I'm like, okay, how about I just get good at one board? And, you know, there's no magic board. Um, but lately, like the board I've really been, two boards I've really been loving. One um, is uh, my 510JS Monster Box. Nice. Um, I love that board. It's just, it paddles real nice. It's super, it's, it's for a short board, it's, it's, it's just really user-friendly. Um, and then I also just got this, um, custom, uh, Rob Machado go fish. And, uh, it's just a different, it's a different style of surfing. It's just really, uh, it feels really great under your feet and it just really feels very soulful and, and beautiful. So, um, I love experimenting with, with different boards, uh, any boards like hydrofoils, like, I, I mean, you name it, like everything. I just, I just love to ride it. Um, it's just so very fun. Um, but I've, I've just been very kind of intrigued on how, how, uh, how you feel on it. Does it feel like surfing? So you remember that feeling when you caught your first wave? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like that. It's like, it's like feeling like a kid again. Really? Um, so it's really funny. So it's hydrofoiling has really taken off, uh, here on Maui because Maui's so windy and it's always been such a, a hub of innovation for wind wind sports. So, you know, windsurfing and, and kiting and, you know, stand up paddle boarding and downwinding and things like that. And, uh, you know, just having it being such a, a pioneering hub of all these different water sports, because the conditions aren't always ideal. Cause there's always that wind factor. You're not going to be surfing clean, perfect offshore waves, yeah. uh, you know, all the time. And so, you know, it's just a really amazing way to enjoy kind of like the, just, you know, the subpar waves. So everybody on Maui is, is doing it. And it's, it's hilarious. Cause you know, two years ago, like it really wasn't a thing. And then all of a sudden, like last winter, everyone's doing it. And now it's just like, you see them everywhere. <laughs> and the funny thing is like, you'll see people anywhere from like, you know, ages 15 to 70 out at this one spot on the North shore of Maui. And I remember going out there last year, a bunch, and you just saw these like 70 year olds, like just learning how to do this. And with like the most amazing childlike grin on their face, just <laughs> flying. It feels like, like being on a hydrofoil, it feels like you're just, you're floating above the water. Everything's really quiet. You feel, you feel no. Ch and you know, you're about, you're almost two feet above, above the water, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're there, you, it seems very high. So it's, it's terrifying. The wipeouts are hilarious. So even if you don't want to get into hydrofoiling, I highly suggest like park yourself at a beach, crack open a beer and just start laughing. Cause it's just <laughs> hilarious. These wipeouts, you just are, you get smacked. So yeah, you, you, you take some beatings for sure. But, uh, oh, it's so fun. You just, it's like 
you feel like a, like a Grom and you're just so stoked. Like every, you just, you're smiling the whole time. Like you're, <laughs> you wake up in the morning, you're like, Oh my God, my face hurts from, from just smiling. <laughs> all the time. So it's, it's so, so, so fun. It's really, really challenging. So it takes, takes some time to learn. But when, once you put in the effort, it's just like, it's completely worth it. hundred percent. Fantastic. It was brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. So um, I guess we're getting to the end of the interview. We're almost wrapping up. I've got sort of four sentences that I ask my guests to finish um, and um, it's it's not you know if you don't want to answer it it's, it, it's not a problem but um, it, it gives some really good answers sometimes so um, the four sentences the first one is I love I, I love the ocean <laughs> I love surfing I, I think it sounds so cliche but it's just <laughs> like I you know that popped into my head first I'm like okay can I come up with something better uh, no, like, I just, I love that, that feeling of stoked. Like, I love that feeling of just like being surfed out. Yes. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> the best. Um, really. I, I miss. I miss, uh, I, I miss, uh, all of the ladies on that boat trip, um, mm-hmm. that we took in Indonesia, that coaching trip. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Like, you get 10 women who don't know each other from all around the world. We're all connected by surfing and you know, you don't get any cell phone reception, no Wi-Fi, So nobody's on Instagram or yeah. their smartphone ever. <laughs> and everybody's really connecting. It was, it was the best trip I've ever been on. And so I definitely miss, miss everybody who was, who was on that trip. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And, um, I wish, um, I wish for a world, um, that's more responsible. I, I really wish for people to change, change their habits with, with consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's part of, part of actually, you know, some initiatives that we're doing for localish is, um, is really like encouraging people to, to clean up, clean up their mess because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're cleaning up garbage on the beach, uh, it's contagious. So we had our, our nieces come out and visit us and they're, they're six and 11 and, they start, we encourage them to start picking up some of the trash and plastic on the beach. And all of a sudden, like 10 minutes later, they've, en- they've enlisted all of these other kids, <laughs> help them come pick up trash. And it just mm-hmm. happened out of, out of nowhere. And so that's something that we're actually going to be, you'll, you'll see that for, for, for next year and mm-hmm. years beyond our business is really encouraging people to, and rewarding people um, to change their habits and, yeah. and really look at what they're consuming and, and really helping clean up the planet because it's trash. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's what that's what I wish for. Oh, that's an awesome wish. And um, the last one is, I want. I said I want more surfboards. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I don't. No, just kidding. Um, you know, what do I want? Um, you know, for me personally, uh, I want to continue to be really proud of, of what we're doing, um, you know, in our business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that's how you can measure success is by, you know, how are you proud of what you do every day? Yeah. And are you doing it to the best of your ability? And, you know, I also want to maintain that, you know, the whole work life balance, mm-hmm. uh, as well. So yeah. that's, that's important. And I also, I also just really want to inspire others, um, probably most importantly to, you know, go for it, give it a try, try mm-hmm. surfing. If mm-hmm. you're scared, well, let's face, help, help people face their fears. Cause it, you know, surfing is, there's a lot of fear in it yeah. and uh, I really want to help people, people overcome that. Um, I also, I also want to help fight localism and that's kind of what our brand is about as well. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That was something that we didn't mention. Um, localism because, um, over here in, in Provence, like we, we do have it from time to time, but I guess in Hawaii it must get kind of severe and in California maybe it's like why is what what's what's the localism kind of um situation uh where you live yeah so there's I kind of like I guess to clarify what I consider localism and and how we're talking about it right now like there's two two types of localism so the first type is kind of like what you see every day so like it's the crusty old local saying like I've been serving here for 27 years (laughs) and blah 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 like you know, so you get that, but then there's also this other kind of localism. I don't even call it localism. It's more of, it's more of like just understanding, you know, 
colonialism in in a sense. Um, so you know, places like Hawaii, where you've had people, you know, take their land. You know, New Zealand, same thing. So places that have been colonized, and that's something that you have to really be sensitive to. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we talk about localism, though, like in our company and just you and me right now, I'm really referring to the first kind of like that crusty old old yeah. local. Um, so you know that are like, oh, this is my wave, or you know, you just I feel like in the news. Like there's stories that we hear like just weekly of like, you know, there was that woman in in Los Angeles who, you know, got her leash pulled and all of that. And, you know, you just hear about something. There's something going on every week. And that's just what we hear about, you know, Mm. in in media. It happens all the time. I mean, you know, my partner Greg was was out uh, surfing. This was a few months back, um, just like kind of at our local. And this guy paddles up to him and the waves weren't great or anything like that. This guy paddles up to him. He's like, hey, bro, where do you live? And he's just like, across the street, man. He's like, okay, well, good, because I was going to have to kick your ass. And this guy's like, in his, this guy's in his 40s. It's just like, oh, come on. Come on. It's just there's no room for that anymore. And, um, you know, we, it's something that we're going to have to deal with. And I feel like, you know, the friendlier you are, the more respect you'll get and more waves you'll get. And um, I think by just, you know, being better surfers as well, that's, that's going to help. Um, but there's nothing you're, you can do about the crowds yeah. anymore. Like yeah. it's, it's just more crowded and we're gonna have to deal with it. And I think there's ways to, to deal with it in a really nice, positive way that it's going to encourage, we need also need more women to get in the water too. Yeah. Cause I think that that whole, the whole issue of localism also is really discouraging to, I think a lot of females mm. and, um, to be, we just want the water to be a friendly place. Um, and not have to, there's already so much we have to worry about um, in surfing. But it also actually, what's really interesting is, is as soon as you get into that crowd of lots of testosterone, um, it does mellow things out actually to have a woman it does. Um, in the water. It's quite exactly. So, uh, it's yeah. really interesting. Even like some of my macho guy friends, they're like, yeah, I just wish more women are in the water because there's just so there's so much bro energy. It's just like, yeah, so yeah, more women. Definitely get out there for sure. <laughs> okay, well, um, I guess the, well, is on these lovely words, um, encouraging all the women listening to um, to come in the water as much as possible. Um, maybe we could recap how we can get hold of you um, and where to find localish uh, products, and you know whatever you have to promote. This is your moment. Totally. Yeah. So um, if you want to get a hold of me, um, you can email me at Jen, J-E-N-N, at livelocalish.com. Um, happy to answer any questions you guys have, um, refer you to coaches, give you tips, whatever. I'm always super accessible to to our, our fans and, and customers. So definitely happy to help in any way I can. Um, you can find our products at uh, localish.co. Um, you can also give us a give us a follow on Instagram, um, just at localish.co. We're on there as well. We do a lot of kind of contests and giveaways and and things like that to feature feature our fans and customers. So um, we've also put together a, a special discount code for all of your listeners. Oh, fantastic! And, uh, so, yeah, so that discount code is twenty percent off anything in our store, and that's uh, Ocean Riders twenty is the is the discount code so that'll be <laughs> out in the show notes and yeah we we also ship worldwide and we've got uh warehouses in the u.s and in europe so there's no um you know customs duties or anything like that for our our eu folks so so yeah that's where you can find us and, and definitely uh, we've got a lot of really amazing things coming up um really awesome projects that we're doing so um definitely subscribe to our email list as well it's just uh, right on right on our our page there so we definitely appreciate that yeah fantastic well thank you very much jen thank you for being such an awesome guest and for sharing oh, thank you for having me and for sharing your story with all um so sincerely it was just lovely to to talk to you okay. but thank you so much this has been wonderful all right then jen well take care thank you ever so much for getting up so early um to be on the show and uh, speak to you soon bye absolutely thank you so much cheers <laughs> bye Well, that was an amazing conversation. I truly love these stories that are so uplifting. I hope you enjoyed it too. And I would like to give a massive thanks to Jen Beesman for being my my guest on the show. 
To connect with Jen, send her an email to jen at livelocalish.com. Uh, as she said, she's happy to share her tips on recovery, surf progression and nutrition. So just whip up an email and send it to her. Localish can be found online at www.localish.co. Uh, Jen is offering a 20% discount to all listeners. So the discount code is OceanRiders20. Just make sure you use that next time you go shopping on her site. Um, Localish ships worldwide. So just imagine a piece of Hawaii landing in your letterbox. I don't think it could get more exotic than that, actually. In the show notes, you'll find all the details for Jen and also the surf coaches that Jen was mentored by. You can also find my details, but I'll just give you a recap. To get in touch with me, there are loads of ways. Um, The easiest way is hello at theoceanriderspodcast.com or via my website, theoceanriderspodcast.com. I've got a really cute link on Linktree, so it's www.linktree.ee slash theoceanriderspodcast, and that will set you on the path to my Instagram account, my Facebook, my Twitter, and the Medium account, where you will be able to see pictures of Jen in action on medium.com. You can also connect with me and other listeners on my Facebook group called The Ocean Riders Community, I tend to post surf-related job offers, so if you're looking for a job near a surf spot or for a surf brand, you may find your dream job there. Uh, Likewise, if you're a company and you're hiring, feel free to share your post on the Facebook group as well. The more the merrier. I would like to thank you all ever so much for being more and more listeners every week. If you enjoyed listening, you can subscribe, rate or review the podcast on iTunes. The more you do this for me, the closer I am to getting into the new and noteworthy section of Apple Podcasts and getting more listeners. That said, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off, so I'll be back in January. In the meantime, you can catch up on previous episodes um, or you can join me in January for a new awesome interview with an amazing surfer. In the meantime, take care, have fun and enjoy the waves. Ciao.